0: This is the Rod Langway Fan Club. Hey everybody, Jeff Roman here, your host of the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast. I'm at the Huping Riverside Hippodrome looking for the boys. I'm on location here. We're at the races. Hot dogs here, get your hot dogs. Maybe I'll pick up a few hot dogs for the boys here. Excuse me, sir. Yeah, I'll, um, what do you got here? Beef or pork? Ah, the buy one get one free. Oh, all right. Well, in that case, I'll have six. Oh, good choice, sir. Enjoy the race. All right, thank you, thank you,
1: sir. And hey, where are these guys hey, here?
2: Jeff, we're over here, bud. Over here. By the hey. Gates.
1: hey, hey, hey! Hey, what do you got over there? Oh man, oh, nice, sweet. good, good call on the dogs, buddy. Sweet, this is excellent. Okay, have a seat, man.
0: All right, boys. Those so are uh, good-
1: these are pretty good seats.
0: Where yeah. Are
2: yeah. Hey, here we go, right by the uh... gates. The gates. This is cool. Yeah, we got a big horse race coming up today. Um, we're going to see who the winner is. Mark and I have been looking through the program while you, well, you were finding your way over here there, Jeff.
1: Let's go through the field then. Sure, well, I might as well start at the top. Uh, a 6-1 to one favorite right now, and that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're looking really strong out of the gates.
2: Yeah, no surprise there. What a lineup. They have lead-leading scorer Nikita Kucherov topping
1: things off there. Uh, but it doesn't stop there, does it? No, Braden Point's having a huge breakout season. He's top 10 in NHL scoring right now. And, of course, Steven Stamkos is always dangerous. So that three-headed monster up front is tough to top. And they've had a few
0: injuries
2: this season, um, but they've weathered the storm. Yeah, I mean, Vasilevsky went down there, and a lot of people were questioning backup Louis Domingue's ability to hold the fort down. But he did an
1: admirable job, and uh, now Vasilevsky is back, and he's been playing just like his old self. Yeah, and earlier in the year, uh Victor Hedman also was lost for a while. And again, they didn't really miss a beat. They just kept on winning. And I think that really speaks to the depth that they've built. Um, it seems like they just have wave after wave of young players coming up.
0: Yeah, they've been getting some contributions from the the third and
1: fourth lines. Yeah, Ernie. I like it. I like this kid, Ernie. Yeah, they gotta find a guy named Bert. They got the Bert and Ernie line. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've also liked what I've seen from Anthony Sorelli. Uh Matthew Joseph looks like he could be a player as well. So uh again, just that kind of depth really comes in handy during playoff time, especially when guys get banged up. You got to roll four lines. Yeah, I can see that
0: be that horse being the first past the post there. Yeah, no
1: doubt. Um, who else do we got? Well, your Toronto Maple Leafs, Jeff. Uh, they're also a six to one right now. What a stallion they've been throughout the first half. My goodness, what a beautiful gallop. The two-headed monster. The centers, John Tavares. Austin Matthews, uh, he was slowed by injuries, but it looks like he's healthy and flying again. Yeah, Johnny
0: Tavares has been as advertised. Wow, he's
2: been great. Yeah, he's really come into his own there. And like Mitch Marner, what a season he's had so far.
1: He's actually been arguably their best forward. Yeah, yeah, he's been awesome. And the Leafs, they finally got Nylander
0: back, but he really hasn't done much out of the gate.
2: Yeah, he's not earning that paycheck, is
1: he? Well, it's tough. You miss training camp and you're joining a team that's flying high, so I think... By the time playoffs come around, hopefully he'll be up to par and uh, he could be a player for them. And how about Morgan Riley? He's really established himself on the blue line. Ooh, he kind of reminds me of uh, Mike Green in his heyday with Washington. Just a really dangerous player back there, the way he can just skate the puck up the ice.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been pitching and him and Marner seem to be uh, have,
0: have
1: a special connection, don't they? But the Leafs' blue line has taken a lot of criticism. I wonder if they'll upgrade at the trade deadline? Well, they're going to have to. If they're serious about making a cup run this year, they're going to need an anchor back there. Uh, The guy that comes to mind for me, and I know St. Louis has been kind of just struggling quite badly, is maybe a guy like Petrangelo. He could be available. Uh, Or even Colton Pareko.
0: Yeah, if they could swing that, that would be amazing. Now watch out.
1: Another thing about this Leafs
0: horse is uh, their third and fourth lines. You get a guy like Kasperi Kapanen, And uh,
1: Janssen, who was the MVP last season in the HL for the Calder Cup. And uh, these guys are contributing. Sure, but I think the biggest question mark right now is the goaltending. Now, when Anderson's been healthy, he's been among the league's best, but uh, he's been banged up. And in previous season, I know that he's worn down and they felt like they haven't got their best from him in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs um, recall Michael Hutchison. Yeah, former Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, he's
2: played okay. He got a shutout, but he's also been uh, lit up a couple games. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as a Leafs fan, you would hope that they would solidify their backup position a little bit more heading into the playoffs. Yeah, a lot of pressure on Sparks to take that role, and he's been kind of mixed. Yeah, so flipping through the program here, uh, next up is a beautiful horse, uh, Southern Philly, uh, the Nashville Predators. What a fine-looking horse this
1: is. Take a look, boys. What do you think? Yeah, they came flying out of the gate, but then they were slowed a little bit by injuries. Yeah, big losses. Uh Suban missed an extended period of time. Philip Forsberg is just getting back from injury as well. And uh Victor Arvidson also missed a good chunk of time. But they're all back now, they're all healthy, and you cannot forget about this team when you're talking about the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean I agree. They, they you know they missed kind of their top
2: three players there, and they still managed to play all right. I expect really big things, big scoring uh from from those players, Suban, Arvidson and Forsberg. Yeah. Um, Do they need to make any moves to really... I wonder. I mean, they've got Ryan Johansson. To me,
0: the real story has been uh, the goaltending that's kept them in them. But I think they probably do need to make a move.
1: Yeah, I think they need a little bit more scoring punch. Uh, The back end's solid, and they've probably got the best one-two tandem for goalies. So if they could get another game-breaker, someone who can pot you know 30 goals in a season, that kind of player, watch out.
0: Yeah, for a really deep defense core, it's amazing to see Eckholm step up and play as well as he has.
1: I
2: think he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the league, and I think he's he's really showing his true colors this year, and, he, and he's a great a great asset
1: back there. Yeah, it feels like every year we're talking about another Nashville defenseman. I think last year, um, Ryan Ellis got a lot of the headlines, and this year it's Ekholm, and we're forgetting about their captain, Roman Yossi, who is outstanding as well. So Yeah, they've got the legs. Ooh, this next horse comes from your hometown there, John. The Winnipeg Jets uh, also coming in uh, with a reasonable odds of 14 to 1. Okay, I I don't mind those odds. I mean,
2: the Jets have had a strange season, a little inconsistent. They came out of the gate slow, um, and they were having trouble finding jelly amongst their lines, um, to the point where they even demoted Patrick Laine down to the third line, playing with some grinders, Tanev and Lowry. Um, And obviously, that's not the place where you want your most dynamic scorer. So, you know, the season hasn't been without its problems. Uh, Connor Hellebuck as well has been a little inconsistent between the pipes. But, I mean, they're still top of the central division. So Yeah, Shifley and Wheeler, though, have been fantastic throughout the first half.
1: Yeah, yeah, as has Kyle Connor. He's been a nice
2: complement to those two guys. Yeah, Nikolai Ehlers as well. I mean, when he was promoted up to the top line with Shifley and Wheeler, they really clicked and his offensive production saw a bit of an uptick. Yeah, it'll be a challenge replacing
1: his scoring in the lineup while he's out. He's going to be gone for a little while. Yeah, and same with Big Buff back on the back end.
0: That's right. Yeah. Big Buff. They miss him. Um, nice thing is that, um, you know, Truba
2: and Morrissey have played so well. Yeah, Josh Morrissey, a heck of a defenseman back there. What about the
1: giraffe on skates? Oh, yeah. Tyler Myers, the uh, longest neck in the NHL, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, sometimes in a close race, the longest neck can make a difference, though. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, this will be a team that will be watched uh, down the stretch. Certainly a, a competitor, right? Absolutely. Well, speaking of competitors, how about the reigning Stanley Cup champions? What a mighty fine horse this is, the Washington Capitals? Now, they were pretty slow out of the gates, but uh, yes, they were. They've had a strong second quarter.
0: Alexander Ovechkin being Alexander Ovechkin scoring goals left, right, and center. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I think he managed to metabolize all of the vodka that he drank during his Stanley Cup celebration. He's looking pretty sharp out there. Yeah,
2: John Carlson is really looking great. Um, He's a threat every time he's on the ice. Uh, Really stalwart defenseman scoring goals, chipping in on the power play. Great guy to have
1: back there. Speaking of chipping in, big Tom Wilson, he's not just laying down hits, but he's been scoring goals too. Yes, Yes, he has. He's like a bull out there. Yeah, he fits in perfectly on that top line with
2: Ovi and, and Kuznetsov.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people underestimated the amount of skill he has. He's yeah. really shown it this year. I think one concern, though, has to be Braden Holtby. He's been really up and down, and they're going to need him at the top of his game if they want to make a run for a repeat. Yeah, it seems
0: to be like they're trying to play uh, the youngster Phoenix Copley, and he's he's done pretty well in
1: relief. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, you need your stud yes, to be your you stud. Yes, you
2: well, we all remember last year. It was the same story with Holtby. Uh, he, he was pretty brutal all season. And then uh, when it was most important, he really came through big time.
1: Yeah, which is weird because in previous seasons when Washington couldn't win, it was the opposite, right? He was a regular season beast and then stunk it out in the playoffs. So maybe this is the new formula for success for him. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the way you'd want it if you could if you could have a choice. I guess we should mention they have a new coach and uh, hasn't really made a difference in a negative way. They seem to be chugging along. Yeah, they have not uh, missed a step.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, yeah, another horse that we would expect to be in the running. Speaking of old
1: stalwart horses, how about the Pittsburgh Penguins? Oh wow! I mean, talk about a slow start out <laughs> of yes. the gate. Wow! They I mean, barely left the gate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was one point, yeah, mm. one point. Yeah, uh, one
2: point around the first quarter mark. Where they actually sunk all the way down to last place in the
1: Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think we all knew that wasn't going to last, but at the same time, people were really starting to get nervous in Pittsburgh.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, at some point, we we know they're going to fall off a little bit, uh, but it doesn't seem like it's this year. Yeah, their big guns have really stepped up for them.
1: Sure. Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, the usual suspects. Uh, but Jake getzel has been probably the most impressive forward for them.
0: That's right. And uh,
1: Rust, Rusty's also been contributing. Yeah, he's a good bit player, good energy player. Chips in a little bit of offense, good
2: penalty killer. Yeah, and on the back end, Latang has been very solid. Um, and actually, Brian Dumoulin, I think he's a pretty underrated he's defenseman. He's so underrated. Yeah. He's such
1: a good stay-at-home defenseman. You can really depend on him. And what do you guys think of the goaltending there? Yeah, I mean, Matt Murray, he's got so much talent. And it was just a disaster to start the year. But I guess maybe it was more of an injury that was nagging him. Because since he's come back, he's been outstanding. Yeah, I mean, he has been really good over the last little stretch.
0: Yeah, if he rounds into form, look out for this horse. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's another horse, another one, and we know that they have winning bones, winning legs, winning hooves. Good pedigree. Yeah, great pedigree. So, uh, yeah. Okay, well, let's move along. Turn the page there. We've got, who's next on the program here?
1: Oh, well, from the land of horses, the Calgary Flames have been absolutely stampeding the NHL. They are first in their division, second in the league, believe it or not. And they're coming in at a 22-1. to 1. So I think those are pretty nice odds if you want to make some money. Yeah, I love the Calgary Flames this year. What an exciting team to
2: watch. We touched on the top line in our first quarter cast there. And, uh, I mean, they're just so dynamic. They get out there and they're always a threat. Goudreau, Monahan, and uh, Lindholm. What, what a great one, two, three punch. Boom, yeah, boom, boom. they've been fantastic. And how about to chuck yeah. on that
1: second line? Oh, great. Yeah, he's, he's really having a breakout season. He's a force out there, just an absolute wrecking ball. And um, we got to talk about Mark Giordano returning to yes. form. I think people thought he had fallen off and would not get back to the level that he had reached a few years back. But he's he's right up there with he, the best defenseman he, right He now. won't be
0: on the all-star team this year, but he probably gives a potential Norris candidate
1: uh, winner. Yeah, he's got to be the front runner at this point. That's uh, just another indictment against the All-Star game. What a joke. Yeah, well, yeah, we've talked about that before Yes, too. we have. Yeah. And
0: how about in goal?
1: David Riddick. Wow. Yeah, if you had told me that Mike Smith was going to be this terrible, I would have thought Calgary would be on the outside looking in for a playoff spot. But Riddick's come out of nowhere. Huge numbers. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to rely on him for the entire season. I'm still a little bit nervous about that. But we can't argue with what we've seen so yeah, far.
2: So far, so good for Riddick and, and the goaltending in Calgary. And the coaching change has worked out pretty well. Yeah, the well-respected Bill Peters. I mean, he has just jumped in there. And, I mean, he really wanted to take the job. Um, And it seems his enthusiasm is carried over to the team. What success they've had so far.
1: Yeah, it's all Bill Peters, John. Bill Peters is the greatest (laughs) coach of all time. (laughs) What a great, great man, Bill Peters. (laughs) He's a great jockey. I love Bill Peters. He is a great jockey. He does know to get the best out of his horses. He does. It's the stirrups. Uh, The final horse in our program here is an experienced one, the San Jose Sharks. They come in at 25 to one. Wow, I don't mind those odds. Um, If you look at their defense, I mean,
2: their defense has just come on with Eric Carlson performing like an all-world defenseman.
0: Yeah, we talked a lot about the the, the addition of Eric Carlson in our preseason show, and it took him a little while to get going, but man, he is rolling now. Yeah, he's the Eric Carlson of old at the moment. And,
1: and you, with Brent Burns, I mean, what could you say about Brent Burns?
0: Wow, he's yeah. been
1: fantastic. Yep. And, and then you got Mark Edward Vlasic, who's such a steady defender back there. So, I mean, that those three guys—I don't know if they're three guys I would take anywhere else in the league. Those are the, probably the best top three. Yeah. And yes. how about
2: that—the uh, forward group, the depth they've got. Joe Pavelski's got—he's been scoring left, right, and center. Yeah, he's been great on the power play as always. Um, but he's really—he's really
1: carried it over into this year. So good for him. And Kane's played all right. Kane has been pretty solid. Yeah. Logan Couture has been a very good player for them. Um, yeah, they don't have that megastar up front, but then you've got other guys like Timo Meyer, who's having a breakout yeah. season. Yeah, good year for him. Thomas Hurdle's been great. Hurdle's yeah, been good. Yeah. Don Scoy. Don scoy has been. all right. I like him. He's really shifty. Uh, and Kevin LeBanks a good contributor as well. So that kind of forward depth is uh, going to be important come playoff time.
0: Yeah, I really think they're uh, they're champing at the bit there.
1: Uh, wait.
2: Well, it should be chomping at the bit, right? Well, it's champing. Champing. Well, they're uh, sharks. They chomp.
1: Yes. Sharks, sharks.
2: Sharks chomp. Sharks chomp. Horses champ. So is it? Okay, mm. I'm a little confused. Let's now. split the difference. <laughs> okay. okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a contender. Are there any question marks though? What about goaltending? Like, is yeah. Martin Jones is he the guy to really take him to the to the to the end of the
1: race? I mean, he's been hovering right around the 900 mark on save percentage, and he just seems to not be able to make those big saves. He gets a lot of goal support, so he's been picking up the wins, but I'm not sure if this is the guy that can take you deep into the playoffs. Yeah, and Aaron Dell, who really filled
0: in
2: well last season, he has did, been yeah. kind, of, kind of slumping a Pretty bit. Pretty iffy back there. Yeah, so that would be the one question
1: mark I would say with San Jose. Yeah, if Jones team. goes down, I don't know if that's the guy I want to answer, the Dell.
2: All right, so that's it, or is anybody else racing? Well, I see some uh, a couple more horses there in the program, but I don't see them at the gate. Uh, what's going on with that?
1: Yeah, we had a couple late scratches here. Uh, the Boston Bruins... Now, they've had a lot of injury problems at yes, the start of the year. They yes. lost uh, Patrice Bergeron for a big chunk of time. Charlie McAvoy just can't get healthy. and has missed a bit of time. Krug yeah, Tori Krug missed most of, the, of the season. was
2: hurt for a bit. That's right. Yeah. And, I mean, Tuka Rask had a really rough go out of the gate.
1: Yeah, fortunately, they had Yaroslav Halak to pick up yes. the slack, though. And now Rask seems to have found his footing. So it's nice to have two goalies you can depend on.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised we're at the horse races in uh, Las Vegas. They're not in here. Well, actually, they are. Uh, They
1: should be anyway. I mean, they've been one of the hottest teams in the last 20-some games. Um, And, hey, they went to the Cup Final last year. I feel like they might have actually improved their team. I mean, getting Max Pacioretty and Paul Stasny, that's not too shabby yeah i don't see them at the gate
2: though so uh i know maybe they'll make the next race. i could see um, them popping in somehow yeah maybe well, I...
0: and the columbus blue jackets they're they're not out there
2: no no again they're in, i see them here in the program but no they're nowhere to be seen it's a bit
1: of a fussy horse though you know yeah
2: they are a bit fussy they're jockey uh he's you know he's a bit of a fussy he man the
1: horse a little bit too hard i think yes, yes. abusive yeah, yeah yeah john tortorella i don't know and then yeah they've got a couple big buckers with one hoof out the door already uh Sergei Bobrovsky, their all-star goaltender, he's had a kind of a weird episode with the team where there was a meeting with the GM and he sat out a game and then the GM said, ah, we're fine, no problem. And then Artemi Panarin, their best forward, sounds like he's not really interested in coming back either. So will these guys even be around after the deadline comes and goes?
2: Yeah, I mean, it would be a shame for a team that is kind of pecking on the outside and it's not like they don't have a chance. It would be a shame for them to lose. Probably their two best players.
0: That would be a shame. Don't send them out to the glue factory just yet. No, no.
2: Yeah, it's um, the race is about to start. Some big races have happened already, but the biggest one is
1: coming up. The biggest mile and a quarter of the season.
0: And we'll see who wins the cup. Yeah. Jeez, boys, suddenly I don't feel so well.
1: Well, too bad, man. I mean, the race is about to start. We're not going anywhere. Now that you mention it, I got to make a quick run to to the can, man. Jeez, guys, come on. This is the worst uh, possible I think, timing. I think I gotta run. I think, seriously, I'm I I'm gotta... going. Oh, you know what, guys? Wait up.
2: Do-da, do-da. Camp Racetrack, 10 miles long. Oh, do-da, 15 men on the Camp Town Track. Do-da, do-da. Trying to hold that bay horse back. Oh, do-da all night, bound run I bet my money on a And we're back from the track. That was a fun excursion, boys. Yeah, it was more fun than I thought it would be. Um, it's a shame we had to beat such a hasty retreat there, though.
1: Yeah, I think it all hit us around the same time. I, I figured it might have been those hot dogs. They were on sale for a reason. Yeah, what do you think was in those? Yeah, dog perhaps. I think we'd be lucky <laughs> if it was dog. Maybe thinking like raccoon or maybe one of the horses that finished last the Ooh, previous race. Oh yeah, dead horse. Yeah,
0: yeah mm. I was surprised on uh, how much I enjoyed
1: it. Well, speaking of surprises, it's been quite the surprising start to the NHL season. We're halfway through and a lot of unpredictable things have gone down so far. Yeah, in fact, uh, a couple of the
2: daring declarations we made uh, preseason have actually panned out at the midseason point. Uh, Yours, Mark, where you predicted that at least seven players would uh, break the 100-point
1: barrier. Uh, So far, 10 are on pace to do so. Yeah, you got to figure a couple guys will probably drop out. I mean, halfway it's it's still a long season ahead. Injuries happen, but uh, I'm like I'm not that surprised. I really I'm not that surprised about that prediction.
0: And John, your prediction about the Calgary Flames leading the Pacific Division thus far has been true.
1: Yeah, I mean they're doing great. They're in
2: second place in the league at this point. So, uh,
1: yeah, that's a shocker. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: speaking of surprises, let's get into it here, boys. This is a segment we call Cal Suprise. <laughs> Perhaps one of the biggest surprises at the midpoint is the increase in scoring. It's really incredible. Scoring is up and it's up big.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is a trend that started a few years ago. Uh, We've been clearing out all these goons from the league and getting rid of the guys that can't skate. And I mean, everyone can fly out there. So a a small mistake gets magnified because everything just happens so quickly.
0: Yeah, I would agree. There's really been an increase in
2: skill around the league. Absolutely. I mean, you watch some highlights these days. It seems like every goal is a highlight real cool. It's crazy. Um, if you look at the scoring from the back end, that's up as well, right? I mean, we're looking at so many players on, on pace for 70 points or 60 points. I mean, 60
1: seems to be the new 50 for a defenseman these days. Yeah, I mean, that's a philosophical change on the part of a lot of coaches. You look at some of the successful teams last year, a team like the Winnipeg Jets, just a run-and-gun team that, you know, they made a pretty deep playoff run, and they look like a contender again this year. Tampa Bay plays an open style as well. I think a lot of teams are now copying that. That's the new trend. It's not this lockdown defensive system. And teams have gone pretty young. Yeah, the average age of player in the NHL is super low now. you got a lot of guys. Look at, like, Kotkinemi in Montreal. He's the youngest player in the league. And no one thought he was going to make Montreal this year. This is going on all over the league. A lot of 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds playing regular minutes.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, does the goalie equipment play into it? A lot of goalies have complained about this. And we've seen the... The effect that it's had
1: on on some of their save percentages and, and goals against. Sure, that's a big adjustment. You know, you think you got an angle covered, you think you've got something locked down after you know years of having your angles pretty much measured out, and now that little opening's there, and these snipers can find these holes.
0: Yeah, the average save percentage has come down. I think a big uh, part of it has been the officiating too, the way the game is called nowadays. Right, more power plays means more scoring. Right? Yeah, it's opened up a little bit. I mean, they're calling a lot of that slashing, especially in front of the net and along the boards. A lot, Some of those hooking and slashing things, they're calling that, just like they used to call the old obstruction.
1: Well, while we're on power plays, the approach to power plays is a lot different now, too. You've got a lot of teams that run four forwards. Some even run five forwards. Yeah, now. So- the Rangers
0: were experimenting.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's double the scoring chances. You get more offensive opportunities, but you also give up more shorthanded breakout opportunities as well. So that's double the offense right there. Yeah, shorthanded goals are up this year. um, So that's a a symptom of that, no doubt. And I think that kind of ties into our next surprise, which is all the coaches that have been fired so far. You got five coaches getting the axe early on in the year. And I think a lot of the blame on these, you know, giving up five, six goals a night is falling on coaches and their strategies.
0: Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers were one of the first uh, teams to make a move firing Todd McClellan and bringing in Ken Hitchcock. For a while, it paid off there.
2: Yeah, it seemed like it was a good thing. Uh, they were playing really, really well. It seemed like their defensive game had been locked down, but recently it's been up and down, so we'll have to see how it plays out over the long run. I, th- I think it was time for McClellan to go, I must say. I mean, Edmonton, just the results have not been there.
1: Yeah, but it's not his fault. I mean, look at the defensemen they have. they got a bunch of fifth and sixth D-men. Yeah, I mean, the roster construction is not ideal. That That's for sure.
0: Yeah, Shirelli, the GM,
1: should be very worried. I'm amazed he still has a job at this point.
0: Two other teams that fired their coaches were the St. Louis Blues and the Philadelphia Flyers. I actually had, you know, kind of decent expectations for these teams. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked at how bad
2: they've been. I know, I know. For for both teams, you look at their rosters on paper and you think, these are teams that could be contenders, or, yeah. or at least like contenders to, to be at the top of their division. Uh, I was looking at St. Louis especially, thinking like they made some really smart roster moves. Looked like a pretty balanced team. But nope, it has not panned out at all. Well, Jake Allen's been pretty brutal. Yeah. Well, the, I think for both teams.
0: Yes, that's the thing is goaltending has sort of sunk them both. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers the other night used their seventh goaltender <laughs> it's Unbelievable. Wow. Seven goaltenders. Just yeah. get
1: the tutor shooter out there and play with six forwards. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like they always say, you know, you show me a good coach, I'll show you a good goalie. Yeah, mm. there you go. Two other teams that made some coaching changes were perennial contenders, the L.A. Kings and the Chicago Blackhawks. Wow, have they fallen on hard times this season.
1: Yeah, well, I know I touched upon it at the start of the year. I really expected Chicago to have this kind of season. It just It's an aging core, and the depth isn't there anymore. Just years of losing good players has finally caught up with them. Yeah, I actually think it's a shame that both these
2: teams fired their coaches. I think Quenville is one of the best in the game. And uh, it really worked out well for Los Angeles last year. And I don't think the problem was the coach. In fact, I think he got more out of those players than anybody else could. So I think it was the wrong move for these guys to get rid of their their bench bosses.
0: Yeah, both teams, their ownership, I think, maybe placed some unfair expectations
1: on their teams going into the no, season. No question. Well, mean, especially LA, they go out and sign Kovalchuk like they're going to make a cup run or something. I mean, yeah.
2: come on. Get no, real. expectations have been high for a long time in these places. You know, it's hard to face reality sometimes after all this uh, extended period of success.
0: But it's not all doom and gloom out there. There's been a few nice surprise teams this season. Ooh, ooh, can I start? Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. For
1: I'm pretty thrilled about the Montreal Canadiens. I got to say, like, I thought they would be among the worst teams in the league. I thought maybe Jack Hughes would be a guy on our radar for first pick overall. But uh, Montreal's in a playoff spot right now, and they've been playing a pretty entertaining brand of hockey.
2: They have been. High scoring, lots of energy. Uh, yeah, lots of goals given up. Exciting games.
1: Fun hockey, for sure. Yeah, and they did most of it without Shea Weber. Now he's back, and uh, things are a little more solid on the back end. And Carey Price looks somewhat healthy. He's been playing well when he's in the pipes. Yeah, they didn't make the boat of confidence, but uh, maybe we were wrong to throw them out. I there, told you guys, man, <laughs> yeah. it was worth it. I, I'm still recovering from that uh, flu I got from that uh, cold water. Yeah, you got some flaky skin as well, but you'll be all right. <laughs>
0: and in the in the west coast of Canada, the
2: Vancouver Canucks have been a surprise team at the midway point. I mean, I think there's only one story there, Uh, the Elias Pettersson show. It's been fantastic. I mean, what an electrifying player. We touched on him at the start of the year, but he just continues. It just continues going on. Uh, I think he's on pace for something like 45 goals. It's unbelievable what he's done. And so if you're a Vancouver fan,
1: that's definitely a surprise and a great surprise. Yeah, he's been banged up a couple times, though, so let's hope that he can have a healthier second half. Yeah, no doubt, yeah.
0: And how about the New York Islanders? Barry Trotz has really whipped those guys into shape.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really surprised. I I think we all had them near the bottom of the division, and uh, losing Tavares was supposed to sink them. But uh, there's still some pretty good, talented players on that team. I think Anders Lee for me is the biggest surprise. They give him the C, and he really he stepped up. Yeah, Brock Nelson too. He's he's been playing really well.
2: Um, and they ju- they're just playing a solid defensive game and getting more out of their goaltender than they ever
0: yes, did before. Yes, making Robin Leonard and uh, Grice look great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so- especially Leonard. He's been on fire recently.
0: I'm going to say the biggest surprise team, though, this season, for me anyways,
1: has been the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, yeah. It's kind of nice to have them back yes. in the NHL. Yes, it is. It's been a while, right? It is a good sports town. Yeah, it's nice to see. And Jack Eichel has been healthy for the most part and just, you know, among the most dynamic players in the league. Yeah, they need him. And what about Jeff Skinner? What a season he's had so far. Skinner!
0: I know. Jeff Skinner. I can't believe it. Well, we should, we should get into that. Let's let's get into that. The, the most surprising players uh, at the halfway point, Jeff Skinner has to lead the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, great. I mean, he's he's on pace for a whole bunch of goals. He's totally
1: clicked on that top line. He's everything and more that Buffalo was looking for when they traded for him. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when they signed a Poso, they thought that would be the solution, and now they've found the solution. It's Jeff Skinner for sure.
0: Yeah, hopefully they can re-sign him.
1: It's going to cost them a pretty penny, I think. Well, let's flip the other side. Uh, how about a terrible surprise? How about another goal scorer? Tarasenko Sanko is having a terrible year in St. Louis. He's invisible out there.
0: Yeah, well, as we talked about the problems in St. Louis, a lot of it does, you know, start and end with Tarasenko. Um, He just has not been putting the puck in the net. I don't know what's going on. Sometimes I worry if he's he's hurt. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there.
1: I feel like they would have sat him out for a game or two if that was the issue. I I just think that he's kind of lost out there. And I don't know, he was so dynamic last year playing with Braden Shen. They just haven't been able to rekindle that magic.
0: Mm. Who else has surprised you this year?
1: Well, how about the two guys in Colorado? I know everyone expected Nate McKinnon to have a massive year. But, I mean, Landis Landeskog is on pace for over 50 goals this year. And Mikko Rantanen is, I mean, he was leading the league in scoring up until not that long ago. And he's been one of the best players in the league as well. I know.
0: Right now, they're almost on pace for
1: 140 points. Imagine that. Those guys are always on the ice, too. They just seem to be tireless. And how about Elias Lindholm in Calgary? Yeah, well, that's a trade that we touched on in our last show. And it's, Wow. It's really paid off huge for Calgary so far. Not only has he been great, but um, Hannafin's outperformed Hamilton as well. So what a steal for the Flames. One of the reasons why they're so far up in the standings right now.
0: Ah, the poor Carolina Hurricanes. Looks like they're going to miss the playoffs again.
1: Can't do anything right. Well, actually, there is that one thing they did right. What was that? Remember that game where they just came out wearing the Hartford Whaler jerseys? Oh, they had the throwback
0: unis And they were playing the old
1: goal music too. And they pumped Boston that night. No one saw that coming. That was amazing. Oh, they looked beautiful. It was great to see them back on the ice. brought a tear to my eye, man. John,
0: you must have seen that. John? Johnny, hello. Whoa, buddy. You
2: with us here, eh? Huh? What are you doing? What's going on, John? I'm just thinking. Just thinking about what? What if the Carolina Hurricanes stayed in Carolina, but became the Hartford Whalers?
0: Whoa,
2: that would be far out, man. The 1988-89 Hartford Whalers.
1: Oh man, the very Hartford Whalers that had Peterson Dorkowitz and Nets. Dorkowitz, Dorkowitz,
0: Dorkowitz. No way!
1: Dorkowitz, yeah. Dorkowitz.
0: Yeah. Did they have Craig Miller? No, man, it was
1: Mike Liu. Liu, Liu. Mike Liu winning this goalie in the 80s and they had dave babich Oh, it's always easier when dave babich is clearing the crease
2: dave
0: babich (laughs) sounds like a vegetable
1: Yeah, it's like a can of sardines in here. Come to the gangway. Are you sure? Don't worry mate, I've got this. What's that? It's a gangway grabber. Huh? Don't you have a gangway grabber? Just stick it, click it and grab. Wow, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's the dog's danglies.
0: Tired of standing on a crowded train? Enter the Gangway with confidence with the Gangway Grabber. Its extendable handle and suction cup provide 1,800 M-bars of grip. Stick it to any surface, click to engage suction, and
2: ride away. Isn't it great in a Gangway? Not to be used for bumper riding, scaling buildings, or spelunking. Suction can be incredibly strong. Not recommended if suffering from carpal tunnel syndrome, tennis elbow, or vertigo.
0: Do not use on humans or pets. We return thanks, as always, to the Gangway Grabber, our sponsor.
1: I never leave home without mine. Jeez, what happened back there, though? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little, uh, a little thirsty, though. Uh, I got a big, tall glass of water here, so this will be a good segment, I think. Yeah, I'm
0: so, I suddenly got the munchies here.
1: Yeah, I got some stuff from the green room. Let's, uh, let's dig in. Let's, uh, let's enjoy.
0: Hey, well, let's get to our next segment. It's uh, your favorite and mine.
1: Not mine. <laughs> Strong second though.
0: <laughs> it's ask the commish. Sorry, sorry. What was the question? I would totally veto that. What kind of league are we running here, anyways? I will have to consult the rule book on that one. Remember the trade guidelines. Can we get some friendly questions here? You guys have gotta dress your players. Gotta dress your players. Dress your players. Dress your players.
2: This is everybody's favorite segment. You can ask Commissioner Jeff Rolman anything you like. You can send us an email at rodlangwayfanclub at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at rodlangwayfanclub.
1: So, uh, Mark, what have we got up there? Well, speaking of tweets, we've got one here from Terrible Ted. He writes, I've been having nightmares about another work stoppage. Are you guys as worried as I am?
0: Well, thanks for that, Ted. And I have to say, boys, I am very concerned. At the end of this season, there's a possibility that the agreement could be terminated by the owners or the players. I see a lockout on the
1: horizon. It just feels like we went through one of these not that long ago, too. Like, come on, the game's got a lot of momentum going right now. It's really a great product on the ice, I think. And it'd be horrible to have another work stoppage and just kill all of this momentum.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, some of the
1: concerns,
2: obviously, are... Uh, the escrow payments, right? The escrow that has to yes, be Yes, that's right.
0: The players are not happy about losing up to 10% of their salary. Sometimes up to
2: 20, apparently. So, yeah, no, They got outlawyered
1: by the owners again. Yeah, and of course, uh, the Olympics. That's something that... Yes,
0: you know, that's a big one.
1: That one really bothers me because I, I really feel like the owners do want to go to the Beijing Olympics. And they've been setting this up now for years as a bargaining chip, an artificial bargaining chip that they've created. And I think it's garbage and I see right through it. I hope the players do too.
0: Yeah, I was so disappointed that they didn't go to South Korea. Come on. They better go to Beijing. It's going to be amazing. We've got to get Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon on the ice representing Canada. The States would be amazing. Yeah, you and make Michael.
1: It, make it happen. It will happen, but I, like I'm saying, they're going to dangle this in front of the players and they're going to get everything else they want and they're going to make it seem like this is this... The big concession that they're giving oh guys we can go to the olympics this year but it's garbage i know and that's the thing is it helps out hockey in the long run anyways it's their business yeah. in the end of the day the players come and go but these owners are in for the long haul
2: yeah i, I don't understand it i mean jonathan tave said something nice about it and it made a lot of sense to me he said i think there's a lot of things the nhl can do to promote the game and enhance the business side of the game but their mistakes shouldn't be coming out of the players
1: pockets I think
2: that's a pretty good way to put it.
0: Yeah, well, nicely done, Captain Serious. Yeah, there.
1: Yeah. yeah, getting serious. Well, hey, that's the way the rich guys do it, though, right? Yeah. The little man pays for all of their mistakes. Although I'm not sure I would call the players little men necessarily. Relatively Ooh. speaking, no, let's say players. they're, they're above on. average sized <laughs> men, both physically and monetarily. But yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. So what's next? We have a tweet here from Cuff
2: the Duke. And uh, he or she writes, uh, I noticed a lot of teams have been pulling their goalie with two or even three minutes left in the game, sometimes down by two goals. What do you guys think about this trend?
0: Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe I'm really old school, but I just feel like that sweet spot is still, you know, one and a half, a minute left. That's when you pull your goalie.
1: Yeah, I think this dates back to Patrick Waugh when he used to coach the Colorado Avalanche. I know that he liked to pull his goalie earlier than most, and... uh, People thought he was a visionary. Um, He's a great goaltender. I don't know what kind of a coach he was really, but uh, it's still the trend now, so I guess maybe it does work. Yeah, I mean, he had some big
2: games in the playoffs where it did work, but also it doesn't always work. Um, It seems like the math is in and that it is just a no-brainer that, yes, you should pull the goalie. But, you know, I've looked at some of that math, as I, as I often do in my spare time. <laughs> crunching those numbers, John. Yeah, yeah, just crunching the numbers. And to me, it just seems like there's, there's a lot of uh, holes. There's a lot of gray areas. I mean, some teams are better at scoring six on five than others. Some teams are better at scoring empty net goals. Um, so I just, I think it's a larger, more complex picture than a lot of people are, are giving it credit for. And I think empty net goals are up this year. So um, I, I guess we'll see if this trend continues. I don't know. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah.
0: yeah, I just feel like, you know, if you're down by one, if you pull your goalie with two and a half minutes left and then they get that empty net goal, well, then the game's definitely over. Like, why not try and press them and then pull the goalie a little bit later instead of just sort of giving up with like two or three minutes left?
1: Well, I don't think it's giving up. I think you're trying to, you know, yes, push the pace a little bit.
0: Yeah, but I just feel like when you're leaving your net, I mean, why don't we? Why don't they play the whole game with six skaters? Wow. It's pretty obvious, yeah, right? Yeah. Sure. So you're going to I mean, lose. Yeah, you're yeah. going to lose. Yeah. So to do it, you know, three minutes out, I just feel like that's just way too early.
1: Yeah, I could see if you have an offensive zone faceoff and there's like two and a half minutes left, and they have some tired players on the ice, then go for it. So situationally, I think there are times where it's called for, but yeah, to just blindly do it that early all the time, I'm not sure that's the way to go. Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm a bit more of a traditionalist. One minute, one and a half
2: minutes, especially if you have an ozone face-off. Go for it. Go full on. But too early, you're going to give up the empty net goal, and I think we're seeing more of that. Okay, Commissioner, what's up next? I see your toe socks there. They're looking uh, pretty snazzy, but... uh, I'm a little weirded out, actually. I don't know if I can work on these
1: conditions. (laughs) Uh, Mark, you got something there? Yeah, we got a, a tweet here. Uh, this is JJ from Dallas, and he's asking, what do you guys think about this whole Jim Lights situation? Uh, for those of you that don't know, Jim Lights is the CEO of the Dallas Stars. Anyway, he says, what do you think of the Jim Lights situation? Is this going to work out well for the team, or is this a mistake? Yeah, I
0: can't, I can't remember uh, a time where I've seen an executive of a team rip the two best players on that team, and, uh, wow, it was just unprecedented. Uh, I thought it was an awful thing to do uh, to the media like that and embarrass their players. Uh, I'm, I thought it was terrible.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most tasteful thing. But, I mean, since he said that, Sagan has been playing a lot better. And so, I mean, if it, if it works, then why not? And, and he was right to call them out like they haven't been playing well. Now, maybe, you know, he didn't do it in the best way. But, you know, he said that the best players got to be the best players. And if they're getting outplayed by other teams' best players, then uh, you got a problem on your hands.
1: I don't know. I don't like it. It's a CEO. I mean, this isn't even a guy who's involved in the day-to-day hockey operations. I think he's just shut up and be a fan. A fan with lots of money who's contributing to the team. But... If you're gonna take your best assets and devalue them in the media like that, I just don't see their end game. I don't see that how this is a benefit.
0: Yeah, these are two players that are signed to long-term contracts. Well, that's
1: the thing, right? These aren't guys who are on expiring deals. They're they're long-term. So either you're stuck with them long-term or you wanna trade them at some point. And either way, you're not gonna have a good relationship cultivated with this kind of talk.
0: Yeah, now Sagan has picked up his game. You're right, John. He has picked up his game. Uh, I kind of thought that was gonna come. He'd been buzzing around. Um, but I think with Jamie Ben, they cannot expect the same production out of yeah. a thirty-one-year-old Jamie Ben that they used to get, say, four years ago. It's just not gonna you. happen. Yeah,
1: this is this is you know the third year where his production's been declining, and there's a lot of wear and tear on that body. He plays a pretty gritty game, and yeah, I think it's much like a guy like Andrew Ladd. We've seen other guys like this who just kind of fall off a cliff even like a Mike Richards-type situation. Now, I know it's not gone to that point yet. He's still pretty productive, but, I mean, he's nowhere near being a point-per-game guy now.
0: Yeah, I think the Dallas CEO probably needs to speak to the general manager uh, and just talk about some of the pieces that they have there because outside of that top line, I mean, Radulov,
2: I would say, is another great player, but outside of that top line, what else do they really have? Yeah, and I mean, also, the production from that top line wasn't what it was because for most of that time, when they weren't scoring, their best defenseman, John Klingberg, who is a game-breaker, was out.
1: Yes, So that's if you're right. missing
2: him, I mean, yeah, what do you expect?
1: Yeah, that's your power play quarterback, and I mean, they've had a top power play the last few years, and it's fallen this year, and that's not a big surprise when your quarterback's out. So I think it might pick up a little bit here now.
0: And with Klingberg out there, we also saw a lot more of Heiskanen and Lindell, and I like what I've seen so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could be good, solid, complementary pieces. I don't know if either of them will be number one guys, but if you can get a solid number two or even number three guy in there, that would be really helpful for Dallas.
2: All right, John, what do we have next?
1: Um, Well, we got a
2: a Facebook message. It actually just came through here. This is from a Sergey Kislyak. Hmm. um, And he writes, uh, My associates and I have been following your podcast since its inception. We understand that you are three men from Canada, but Russia is reigning Olympic champion And Alexander Ovechkin is Stanley Cup MVP. Our analysis of coverage shows big bias towards players from your country. We strongly advise you increase coverage of Russian player to minimum 38% of total. Okay. Strange. In exchange, we help you with ongoing leadership problems at your podcast. We have much experience in these matters. Sounds like Uh, spam to me. I don't know. Well, I think. I don't know. I don't know,
0: guys. I mean, this almost sounds like a veiled threat. Sounds like they're trying to sow dissension in the ranks. Are you guys involved
2: with these people? I, I certainly am not, but Mark, I did see you, I remember the other day at the
1: Ambassador Hotel, you were with that woman, Nat- Natasha, Natalia, what was her name? Was her Natalia, she's not, well, first of all, she's not Russian, she's Bella Russian, and second of all, she's just an old friend, she happened to be in town for that uh, napkin embroidery conference, and we just had lunch and caught up on old times. Hmm. Yeah, There's nothing there, sure. there's no story, no collusion. This whole thing sounds very
0: suspicious.
1: I think you guys need to just take it down a notch. It's not a big deal. Well, I'm just reading what I got here. That's all.
0: I don't know, boys. I think we might need to appoint a special
2: counsel. Well, uh, investigative reporter Connor Morrison, I mean, he might have the skills and background and connections to pull something like that
1: together. Come on. Are you kidding me? That guy's a tool of the commissioner. I mean, they go back years. No trust for that man. Complete and total bias. No. Well, we're going
0: to keep digging. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, Stay tuned, everybody. We'll see you at the three-quarter mark. Hope you had yourselves a time.
1: I, I I hope you had yourself a time. Hope you had yourself a time. Hope hope you had time time time. time. Hope you had hope hope you had yourself. Solo-